Every good rhyme starts with once upon a time. Long ago, far away, centuries before our day. Humans lived, monsters roamed, both shared earth and sky as home. Yet this peace came undone, war was waged and humans won. Welcome to Literary License Podcast, Book to Screen, Once Upon a Time episode. Exploring children's classics whilst losing our innocence along the way. Podcast, and we're in season seven, Books to Screen, Once Upon a Time. And our first episode will be The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen and the Disney film from 1989. Before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Leandro Gazzi with us. Hello, Leandro. Hello, everyone. We got Davide Cavallo. Hello, Davide. Hello, tutti. I'm going to say that in Italian. <laughs> and Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. Hi, everybody. And I'm your host, Keith Shago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, Leandro. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been working a lot, going to the gym. I did a barista course two Saturdays ago. Uh, I've always wanted to learn how to use, you know, the coffee machines, the, those big ones. The barista kind of stuff? Yes, yes. So I went to a course, now I know, but now I need practice. So Are you going like to get your own machine? You're going to get your own, like, little barista machine at home and yeah, do it up? That could be. Um, I would like one day to open my own coffee shop. So that's why I thought. That would be awesome. Oh, that's a good idea. When I was in Italy, that was my favorite thing to do. Well, I was there for almost two weeks. But we had, like, well, I for, just forget all the gorgeous men like y'all in Italy. And there is, like, the Italian gorgeous coffee man shop. And I practically just made every excuse I could to get a cup of coffee Rome every weekend every day I was there it was just like gorgeous men and coffee I mean you just can't you know you'll do fine women will be knocking the doors down <laughs> uh, yeah and what else I've been doing yeah that's all more or less yeah and over yourself Davide what have you been up to well I am on holiday right now I'm in Italy um Lucky I've come to visit you. my mom and my aunties and my cousins and everything the um, sun shining? So, is there sun? Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, the first, day, the first two days we are, I arrived, apparently there was something around 40, 45 degrees Celsius, which is a lot. And I think they've never had this much before. So it's kind of hit um, like a record level of temperature. They, they, they reached about like 48 in the last two weeks, I think. That was too much. Like the first 90, two was right? like, oh my God. Yeah, That's I think like so. high Heavy. 80s, 90s, 90s. Yeah, it was pretty heavy to be honest, but I didn't. I mean, I resi- I survived the first two days, and then we had a little bit of breeze, and it was so amazing. I'm telling you. So I went to the seaside on the beach already three times. Um, nice, really nice. And the oh, coffee, thank God, this is real coffee. This is what. Coffee. I mean. Oh, you're trying to say that the UK does not have a cup of coffee? Well, 
just just say the UK is beautiful work. And that's it. You know, so. there are a couple places that do now. No, no, I'm sure to be honest, I'm, I, you have good places. I mean, that's that's not generalizing. That's sort of like everybody just loves Starbucks in, in, in the United States. It's like, yes, I, I love I Starbucks. But Starbucks say, pretty much muffins are, are, are huge, and here in, in UK they're really small. Oh, are that they stuff? much oh, much bigger in the US? Awesome stuff. Sorry, uh, are they much bigger in the US? Yes, apparently people complain here they want to help the local uh, businesses, I don't know, and then they decided that instead of import the, the, them from USA, they wanted to do it here, so they're smaller and probably more expensive. Oh, interesting. Everything's expensive I, now, darling. I'm not a big fan of Starbucks, not because it's bad, it's just that it's just sugar and flavored sugar basically so you don't really taste the coffee at least that's from someone my experience. is leaving the podcast <laughs> oh, <laughs> you gotta get yourself decent coffee and a coffee press that's how you do well it. the reason why starbucks coffee has flavoring in it is because they burn the coffee beans yes oh that's do they? yeah that's the reason why oh, yeah they surely do but they do it for security reasons apparently but if you are able to stop it before it gets burned, burned, the flavor will be totally different. Yeah, the reason why you get, they get burned, they do it the burn way is because it's cheaper and then they can sell it for a higher profit. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what happened to having things of quality? You want to taste the coffee? I mean, this is the difference I've experienced even in here. When, you know, I come back to it and I'm like, oh, shit, the coffee just really, really tastes good. And then even though it's, it's still coffee, so obviously it would be super bitter or super acidic, etc. You still have that creamy flavor, and you're like, oh, that's not Well, bad. basically, there are two varieties yeah. of coffee. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the names. One is a, the most famous one, is the cheapest one, and the other one... Um, I think one's called Arabica. One's called Arabica, the other one... I yes, remember. Robusta. Uh, Robusta, yes. Robusta is the most popular, and Arabica is a bit... It's, it's popular, but it's less. And... Yeah. That's the difference in like in flavor. Uh, you know, it was really interesting. Of course. strength as well, yeah. Also, I was able to go to London, renew my passport, meet Kit. Got it done, finally. Yes, four attempts to get the Italian passport. Uh, <laughs> now I have it. Well, good for you. There's no excuse why you can't come over here and see us now. Yes, I will, I'm planning to soon. So... <laughs> What about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Not a whole lot this week. Um, I just been catching up on stuff and got involved in a few things. Uh, I'll just talk about all that at a later date. But uh, not a whole bunch. Like I said, um, I've been like watching. I guess I guess we're still on a Hollywood writing strike, which isn't killing me too much because there's so much stuff to watch other than all that. That. But where did I start watching? Um, I started watching Salem. Do you guys ever watch that series, Salem? I watched um, a I'm like episodes. into I'm into like the fifth episode of the first season. Oh, it's kind of so CW, but you know, it's kind of I'll watch it. It's kind of interesting for now. And I started watching what was that? Um, I think it was AMC's. I'm like in the season two of Hell on Wheels. Uh, don't know why the Western thing. I've been just watching Western like everything for the last six weeks, probably because there isn't a lot of content. And I like all the old stuff a lot more. And like I was telling them, the guys before everybody got online, I did finally watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I mean, oh, I love Harrison Ford and I love all the movies, but I was so disappointed with how they portrayed him in this one. And 
you almost didn't even need Indiana Jones or Harrison Ford because of all the AI and the CGI. There was just too much CGI. I didn't understand what Sean was talking about earlier when he was talking when he said he went and saw it a month ago. But how can you have too many high speed chases? Normally, you just love that high speed chase, like Raiders of the Lost Ark of the Truck, or you know, he has a high speed chase or he fights the ultra big guy in every one of the movies. But they just kind of sapped him out in this one where they made him look like he just lost his spirit. And I know getting old sucks, but, you know, you don't have to go out without a fight, you know. And it just it just depressed me more than than the usual movies inspire me and entertain me. And so I'm really mad at whoever did this, Indiana Jones. But, oh, well, I guess you just can't have a winner in every franchise. There's always well, the last one's kind of stupid, too. It was at the Crystal Skull. I know Keith loves that particular. Or was it Joe that said he liked it? I can't remember. But that one wasn't, but this, that one wasn't, at least that one had a plot. This one was just so, they're really, you know, it wasn't like, wow, they get the Dial of Destiny, you know, and it's not like Raiders where he starts blowing all the Nazis away. And of course, there's Nazis in this one, so they don't disappoint there. 1969 had Nazis, I guess. But. It was interesting. His, I guess a little history lesson, man on the moon kind of stuff in 69, but eh. Mm. I'll just see what comes. I guess I guess Harrison Ford is going to have to retire, isn't he? No. <laughs> well, everybody's, who's, who's, wait, Clint Eastwood, 91, and still oh. kicking ass. I mean, come on. Well, it's impossible. Not really. I mean, he's not really kicking ass in anything. Well, he's I mean, still making movies in his acting. Yeah, he's making movies, but he's making like political things. And, and when he is in them, he's kind of like, you know, he's not he's not chasing down bad guys anymore. Yeah, well, his last good one was The Mule. That was a good one. And the one with the great Grand Torino. Love Grand Torino. He's put uh, some good stuff out there. I just like to see all these old guys. Director, but I'm just sitting there saying, but he's not doing action films. He's not. Oh, well, no, he's not jumping off of bridges anymore. You know, like. Some of the other guys are, but it was interesting. Jason Momoa did a really interesting part in uh, the new, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Cars. It was Fast and Furious. Can't remember what the end of the last one's called, but that was interesting too. You just Sometimes I think they beat these franchises to death, bottom line. It's just like sometimes you just time to move on, I guess. As long as people keep seeing them and spending money on it. so. Well, yeah, but I mean, how much money are they making when they're losing so much? Because let's face it, people don't like the big box, Hollywood box draws anymore. They're just, it's these little independent film agencies that are making the money, like Angel Studios and stuff. You know, people are looking for something different. The tides have changed and turned or whatever. Mm. Things are, people are just looking for different kinds of stuff, I guess. Who knows? I don't think anybody's going to get sick of things. like I like the Meg. I don't know why everybody's beating on it. <laughs> it made more money than Barbie. So leave the Meg alone. <laughs> Other than that, what's going on, Keith? Um, well, we've gone down the Sandra Bullock um, wormhole of film. So we watched. Is it which one? Well, we started watching Speed. I then, love those two. And then we watched Speed 2, which is really bad. It's but, bad, but I thought it was cute. Uh, I think what the problem is, I think the problem is that there's no, no, no reason. Well, when you see, 
speed, we have Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, and there, there's this chemistry that's between them. But there's very no much so between her and Jason Patrick, even though Jason Patrick's a nice looking guy. But I also, and they had all these stupid characters in it. And I don't, I, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you had speed on a cruise ship. And even if a, screw, a cruise ship is going a thousand miles per hour, it still looks like it's only going 10 miles per hour. Right. It doesn't give you that view of speeding. Oh, it? yeah. But this one, that was the cruise ship one. Okay. I forgot. But but it also made me think that Speed had a better storyline and where Speed 2 didn't. So even though you have the action sequences, you kind of need a strong story to carry to keep it held together. But then we watched While You Were Sleeping and then Miss Conge Congeniality. One and I love two. both of those, too. Oh, you yes. had to watch Practical Magic, right? Uh, we have, oh, I have it. We haven't watched that. That is yet. like one of my favorite freaking movies of all time. It's such a chick flick, mm -hmm. but I love it. Mm -hmm. You'll never catch me liking chick flicks easily. And then we started watching Only Murder in the um, Building. Excellent with Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Which movie was that? It's a TV oh, series Selena called Gomez. Only Murder in the Vil in the Building. Never heard of that. It's fantastic. It's on Disney Plus. Um, I'm I'm sure it's, it's probably a Fox program. Um, probably. But um, basically, it's Steve Martin and Martin Short. Um, the first season deals with a murder and so they decide to solve the murder and start a podcast on it a true murder a true crime oh podcast. oh wait 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 okay i see the, is that the couple that actually does the pod she's pregnant and she does the podcast on the murder is that the one no no okay um, that was a different one i'm thinking about okay so this is that's really good it's really funny very well put together we binged that and then we started season two and it's got shirley mcclain in season two and season three just started with Mar uh, meryl streep in it so really, I got I, what's it on Netflix? It's on Disney Plus in this country. Disney Plus. OK, sir. Hulu or Disney Plus. But it's excellent. Highly recommend that. And then um, just been watching bits and bobs and sorting through life and working and turn had to turn the heat on because I got cold this week. So that was fun. Turn the oh. heat on. What's that? <laughs> it's like 102 still. It was I like a balmy 94 this. for the last three days. We thought that was a break. At least my AC turned off for like an hour last night. <laughs> oh my God. And on that note, that brings us to The Little Mermaid, also known in English as The Little Sea Maid, is a literary fairy tale written by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen. First published in 1837 as part of a collection of fairy tales for children. The story follows the journey of a young mermaid princess who is willing to give up her life in the sea as a mermaid to gain a human soul. The original story has been the subject of multiple analysis by scholars such as Jacob Bigod and Punel Higard, as well as the folklorist Maria Tatar. These analyses cover various aspects of the story, from interpreting the themes to discussing the Anderson cho cho blah, choice to write a tragic story with a happy ending. It has been adapted to various media, including musical theater, anime, ballet, opera, and film. There's also a statue portraying the mermaid in Copenhagen, Denmark, where the story was written and first published. What we're going to do is cut to the synopsis of The Little Mermaid and be right back. What would 
Synopsis for The Little Mermaid, written by Hans Christian Andersen. The Little Mermaid lives in an underwater kingdom with her widowed father, the Sea King, her dowager grandmother, and her five older sisters, each of whom have been born one year apart. When a mermaid turns 15, she is permitted to swim to the surface for the first time to catch a glimpse of the world above. When the sisters become old enough, each of them visits the upper world one at a time every 365 days. As each returns, the Little Mermaid listens longingly to the various descriptions of the world inhabited by human beings. When the Little Mermaid's turn comes, she rises up to the surface, watches a birthday celebration being held in a ship in honor of a handsome prince, and falls in love with him from a safe distance. Then a violent storm hits, sinking the ship, and the Little Mermaid saves the prince from drowning. She delivers him unconscious to the shore near the temple. Here, the Little Mermaid waits until a young woman from the temple and her ladies-in-waiting find him. To her dismay, the prince never sees the Little Mermaid or even realizes that it was she who had originally saved his life. The Little Mermaid becomes melancholic and asks her grandmother if humans can live forever. Her grandmother explains that humans have a much shorter lifespan than mermaids, 300 years, but they have an eternal soul that lives on in heaven, where mermaids turn to sea foam on death and cease to exist. The Little Mermaid, longing for the prince and an internal soul, visits the Sea Witch, who lives in a dangerous part of the ocean. The witch willingly helps her by selling her a potion that gives her legs in exchange for a voice, her tongue, as the Little Mermaid has the most enchanting voice in the entire world. The witch warns the Little Mermaid that once she becomes human, she will never be able to return to the sea. Consuming the potion will make her feel as if a sword is being passed through her body. When she recovers, she will have two human legs and will be able to dance as no human has ever danced before. However, the pain of losing her tail will never leave her. She will constantly feel as if she's walking on sharp knives and her feet will bleed terribly. Moreover, she will obtain a soul only if she wins the love of a prince and marries him, for then a part of his soul will flow into her. Otherwise, at dawn on the first day after he marries someone else, the little mermaid will die with a broken heart and dissolve into sea foam upon the waves. After she agrees to the arrangement, the Little Mermaid swims up to the surface near the prince's castle and drinks the potion. The liquid feels like a sword piercing her body and she passes out on the shore, naked. She is found by the prince, who is mesmerized by her beauty and grace, even though he discovers that she is beaut. Most of all, he likes to see her dance, and she dances for him despite suffering excruciating pain with every step. Soon the Little Mermaid becomes the prince's favorite companion and accompanies on many of his outings. As she is mute, he confides in her with his deepest thoughts and feelings, but he does not fall in love with her at all. When the prince's parents encourage him to marry the neighboring princess in an arranged marriage, the prince tells the little mermaid he will not because he does not love the princess. He goes on to say that he can only love the young woman from the temple, whom he believes rescued him. It turns out that the princess from the neighboring kingdom was the temple woman, as she was sent to the temple for her education. The prince declares his love for her, and the royal wedding is announced at once. The prince and princess celebrate the new marriage aboard a wedding ship, and the little mermaid heart breaks. 
She thinks of that that she has sacrificed and of all the pain she has endured for the prince. She despairs, thinking of the death that awaits her, but before dawn, her sisters rise out of the water and bring her a dagger that the sea witch has given them in exchange for their long, beautiful hair. If the little mermaid kills the prince and lets his blood drip on her feet, she will become a mermaid once more. All her suffering will end, and she will live out her full life in the ocean with her family. However, the little mermaid cannot bring herself to kill the sleeping prince lying with his new wife, and she throws a dagger and herself off the ship into the water as the dawn breaks. Her body dissolves into foam, but instead of ceasing to exist, she feels the warm sun and discovers that she has turned into the luminous and ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. As the little mermaid ascends into the atmosphere, she is greeted by her other daughters, who tell her she has become like them because she strove with all her heart to attain an immortal soul. Because of her selflessness, she is given the chance to earn her own soul by doing good deeds for humankind for 300 years, and she will one day rise into up to heaven. And that is the synopsis for The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. Now we're back to the show. Back to Leisure License Podcast. We're discussing The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen and starting with you, Leandro. What are your thoughts of the book, The Little Mermaid? Uh, well, first of all, I want to dedicate this to a friend that is called Lucila. And when they used to swim in Argentina, we used to call her the mermaid. And once oh. we were doing a scuba diving course, and I was really, 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 really nervous. I didn't know I was like losing the marble. And then she started to sing the song of the movie to me, and I didn't know. And it was amazing. So I want to dedicate the podcast for her. Um, I like the story. Um, well, it's short, easy to read. Um, totally different to um the movie that we will talk about the movie when, when it's the time to. Um, I enjoy it. Um, it's as I said, it's different and it's like more like um sharp sad deeper um some well different in the aspect that like um for example the the father her father appear but is there is nothing doing any important action is more her grandma the one who is like talking to her and explaining how the other world on the surface um yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um the end is the end is totally different. Um I enjoy too how it's explained what happened. Um what I want to ask all of you if, if you, we have the same feeling that Ursula in the end copy her, like use the tongue to be like a like it's in, in the movie, like a clone. 
and got married with the king, or that's what I understood. No, no, that, does, no, that doesn't happen. What happened basically in the book is that when the Little Mermaid rescues the prince, yes, um, he has he swims off because the school the school's coming down the hill, and the girl that he thinks rescues her is the one that um is in that school. So when he has an arranged okay, so when he has an arranged marriage, the girl, um, so the girl who had who was the one who rescued him was the princess in the arranged marriage. Okay. There's nothing to see which it just it's just a matter of circumstances. Um, I mean, I find what's interesting about Little Mermaid is she's 15 years old and basically she's obsessed. She has this obsession with this person, and that person doesn't feel the same for her whatsoever. Well, he, he had feelings for her, but not that kind of feeling. Because, like a companion, like a friend, like a, and she's besought. Um, she's besought with him because you know she's she's seen him, and and if you think of a fifteen year old who has a crush on anyone, you know, it's like do or die. You are going to <laughs> die. Yes. It is horrible. It yeah. is the worst thing that any child could go through. The the early crush years. I mean, I I'm so glad I'm not a kid. I I wouldn't get her kid again. Sock balls. And you and you <laughs> look at and you look hard. at and you look at what she gives up. I mean, she gives up her family, and then this piercing, you know, knife wound going through her side so much so that when she gets her leg, she passes out. But every time she moves. Um, basically, she's got this knife pain in her side, and then she's like walking on knives, and her feet are always bleeding, even though he she's got been given the gift of dance. And you know, she's doing. Um, I enjoyed. Um, I have read another, just another story about Christensen, and I don't know why all all the time the stories are all really sad. I don't know if that man was suffering. I think, uh, I think, no, I think he's just Danish. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen those Nordic dramas? They're all quite depressing. They know to all that were Danish friends. The beginning of them have a happy ending. Now that I think about it, um, well, I, I, I've actually, I've actually read um, that the author had a crush on his best friend, and it wasn't loved back. So it was a kind of like a metaphor. He. Like a sort of story he wrote for him to kind of express his love for him, and obviously he married to a woman, and he couldn't tell him the, about his love, so it was kind of like, eh, that's the sort of like metaphor. I didn't know Hans Christian Anderson had was was of the other persuasion. I think he was a bisexual from from I didn't know that. I've never, I didn't actually. I've never read a whole lot about him. So, I love the stories, but I never felt for, that's interesting. Now for me. Now, for me, it's just because I've got some friends uh, here, well, not here, like back in London, and I was talking to them about McGonagall, you know, the Little Mermaid um, podcast. And two of my friends are obsessed as much as I am uh, with, um, about the Little Mermaid, and they told me, oh my gosh, you need to know everything about Kristen uh, Henderson. And one of my friends told me that, obviously, he did his researches and find out, well, yeah, actually, he had... A, lot, a person he was in love with, it was his best friend, and then he got married, so he kind of felt like, eh. I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was bisexual, so he had a lot of... Uh, uh, Sounds like it tore his chest out of his heart when he got situation. married, basically. Yeah. But then so you want to go by of... the story, he was obviously very wounded by the whole ordeal. Absolutely, also, yeah. I mean, there's also this Christian undercurrent in the story as well, that basically that you know, when she goes to kill the prince, 
and she oh and she, she couldn't do it and she's about to do it and then she realized she can't see him because he turns over and looks at her so he doesn't so she decides to throw the knife and commit suicide and throws herself off so instead of turning the foam she now she she gains the soul because she sacrificed herself for him and so then she so she'll get so I spent 300 years doing good deed for children and then ascending to heaven. That's the end of the story. So kind of a of paradoxical weird. kind of story. It's like, it's really sad for the happy ending in a weird way. Maybe. It's kind of a bittersweet ending though. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's the first, the first time I came in contact with Little Mermaid was I saw this old cartoon of Little Mermaid. And it's the real story with the sea witch and how she, commit suicide and she becomes foam and so on and so forth. So it's that story. And then I remember reading it and I, and little mermaids always kind of really touched me for some reason. I always, it's really sad, but then all Hans Christian Anderson stories are sad that, you know, the tin fast soldier where he's fallen in love with the one legged ballerina and, oh, yeah, and they both, and they both end up in the fire and all that's left is his stone. And then you got the little match girl who, you know, freezes the day. God, what an agonizing Christmas story that is. That is <laughs> the most agonizing, mean-spirited Christmas story on the, the truth planet. of life. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just such a heartbreaking story. Then Hallmark, of course, has to make a movie out of it just to rip your organs out. But, you know, but I think it's, in all honesty, I mean, we, we see it as very agonizing and painful and sad, et cetera, et cetera, but... Um, those are just the fairy tales that we had back in the days and they had some sort of life lesson. Whether these days, all the flipping Disney movies are like happy ending. You're like, oh yeah, everything ends up good in the end. Oh, life doesn't always end up well. It's not yeah, realistic. It's kind of, because life know, does have a tendency to break it off in your ass. Trust it's me. really interesting what you're saying because, you know, I, I think it's, well, so far I think it's the only movie that I have seen from Disney and it's Maleficent. And at the beginning of the story, she starts telling the story and she said, well, and they said, like, they live happy ever after. Well, that's the story that you have heard so far. Now, you know, you will hear my story from my side. They, they, they create, yeah, they the story. Can... And it's totally different to what they were saying on the other, probably what we have heard on the other side. And it was really, a really, like, really clever, that twist. Well, that's pretty much Wicked, isn't it? So, yes. you know, Wizard of Oz, yes, you know, exactly. storyline. So, Wicked is yeah. the story of the witch and what the Hearst version of the situation is. Um, I mean, Little Mermaid is, I mean, it's an interesting story, but, I mean, there are, I mean, I think children's fairy tales still are alive today, whether, you know, Snow White, Cinderella, all of them, but they all are dark tales. I mean, look at Rapunzel. I mean, basically what happens to Rapunzel is when he rescues her, the witch finds her, casts her out and blinds her. She's pregnant, gives birth to twins, wandering around blind until, until the prince finally finds her with her toddlers and he cries in her eyes and that brings her eyesight back. I mean, that's dark lore. If it's, let's take Cinderella, for instance. I mean, Cinderella, the real story behind Cinderella, if you... Yeah, it's really cool. Is that basically, you know, he tries down the, the slipper, the golden slipper um, in the Grimm's one. Um, if it doesn't fit, he goes to try it on the first sister. The mom cuts off her toe, travels around. The, the shoe fills with blood, brings her back. 
cuts off the heel of the next sister. They go off, fills the blood, brings her back, and then Cinderella puts on this bloody slipper that fits, and then la la la, happy ever after. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. think of, his, and I know that maybe happily ever after tried to maybe tackle it, but instead of you know being all woke ass and stuff like that, Disney just needs to just make the actual fairy tales say fuck all <laughs> instead of being all of this. This pussy fucking well, around with all this other crap they're trying to well, shut down. And, but the thing and is, just make the series the way it's supposed to be. I would love to see it, actually. Yeah, I would like to see it as well. But at the same time, I mean, when we get into The Little Mermaid, for instance, um, the the movie, I don't know if it would really work. It wouldn't be. The, I mean, to be honest, I mean, well, you're when, not going to make children when, happy when you when you see the Disney Disney um, Disneyfying of our fairy tales. It's not that. The, the thing is, even when it's Pinocchio or Cinderella, Snow White, the thing is, the way that they're done, when you know, we'll get into more, but right. they make you do get your life, your life lessons are in those Disney films. And at the end of the day, they become cherished and loved because of what they are and the way they're done. Mm-hmm. Where I'm not sure with The Little Mermaid, the way it's written, I don't know if I would want to. It's really hard to see a film. Version. I've seen the original cartoon and, and i it, believe i've it, seen it, it haunts me to this day but it doesn't haunt me it's because to be honest i'm now that i'm older and looking at the story i mean i now see it's like okay she she's she's obsessive she has an obsessive love and um and was, you know, was the was the witch in the story technically a witch or like an old sea hag she's a sea witch so, because they, I, I just didn't see where they specified it too much, but I knew she yeah, was, she's a she's a sea witch. I mean, in the the 1970s animated cartoon that I saw that was European, you know, she, you know, she was like a a sea merman, sea witch mermaid, and there wasn't the whole understood story thing here. I mean, there are, there is an under undertone of story that basically, you know, her mom dies in the hands of a human. Mermaid, you know, Little Mermaid's, you know, storyline does that, and so all there is is this patriotic grandmother who's taking the world, the mom's role, and then you have the sisters, and that you know, once, once, one every three hundred sixty-five days, you know, once you hit fifteen, you can go to the surface and look around and go back down, is what they do. So, but it's it's, you know, it's kind of sad when you look at that. You know, she's a fifteen-year-old girl. And I think that's what that's what makes it even a bit more poignant. Yeah. When I read it when I was younger, fifteen, age didn't really mean anything. But reading as an adult and reflecting back at a fifteen-year-old girl being obsessed, it just has a brand new meaning now that you're an adult. Mm-hmm. So, so, but there are a lot of themes in it that I think you know really stand out, and I know that people try to tear apart the theme there's a theme about you know the christianity or is there a tactile ending here you know because a lot of people think that hans christian Anderson put a tactile ending to give it a happy ending or a, i'm not sure if it's a happy ending but a bittersweet happy ending i guess i guess it's more bittersweet than this happy so. i mean the prince the prince got what he wanted so he was happy right well i mean the thing is he didn't know who she was mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, he had a fondness for her, you know, and it just Yeah, but at the same time you can't, you know, just because you love someone doesn't mean they're gonna love you in return. Not in that capacity. 
you know, and, you know, and let's face it. I mean, she wasn't given a lot of time to sit there and, you know, three days. Was it three days, three nights? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's thought of his companion. They had fun together, you know, they rode horses together, so on and so forth. She danced for him. But, you know, in order for that love to blossom into something more, like to fall in love with your best friend, we've seen enough romantic comedies where you got two best friends and they don't fall in love when Harry met Sally, for instance. Right. It took years before they fell in love by the end of that movie. <laughs> you know? You know, you don't really see the per you don't really fall in love with the person closest to you. And then if you do, then you have that weird situation. Let's sit there and say that you fall in love with your best friend. You have a problem now because if you tell them it could ruin your friendship. So then you got, you know, so if you got these two people, let's sit there and say that he did fall in love with her. You know, how is he gonna have that conversation with her? How is she gonna oh, I think I love you. And what's she gonna do? You know, you don't know how she's gonna how she's gonna react. It's not like they're having conversations. <laughs> well, from, all the, from what I read about, I went through some of the stuff and people were examining the story and they said the rather more bittersweet ending is more mature and realistic. We cannot so, make yeah. people love us if they do not. And we live and we have to live with that fact. The best we can do is act well towards them into the world at large. Mm. Um, because he wasn't going to love her back. I mean, well, I mean, he didn't really. Well, back then, I guess you just met somebody. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You had a massive wedding in three days. Everything was so quick back in medieval times. You just got married on a whim, I guess. But, well, I, I also have to think, you know, for the prince, I also have to think that when he came to, he had he didn't see her. He saw this other girl who thought he thought rescued her. And, of you. course, that, you know, as she's fallen in love with the prince, he's done the same thing with someone else. Yeah. In much love. And to be honest, the only reason why, and which is quite interesting, because the only reason why that ends up working out to a marriage, because that's an arranged marriage. Right. It works out for him, but we don't really know if it works out for her because we don't hear her side of the story. Right. Rescue them. You know, it's an arranged marriage, so they're kind of stuck together because it's arranged. He's happy because he's like, oh, this is the girl that saved me. As far as we but know, wasn't he intrigued with her voice? Though I can't remember. I get it confused uh, that, sometimes. That didn't thing. happen in this, this the physical story, right? She doesn't sing to him or anything like that. He didn't hear her off in the distance at all. Uh, okay. I mean, well, mermaids in the I mean, mermaids were known to they were like sirens sort of thing. They right. sing and they would sing the myth the the myth of a mermaid. They would sing, causing um, seamen to crash Dude. into the rocks and die. That's what, the what was it like? Was that Odysseus and the sirens? Didn't Odysseus yeah. have, have to escape the land of the sirens, or she forced yeah. them to stay? I love, I love the Iliad and the Odyssey and all that stuff. That's some good shit. I mean, Hans Christian Andersen basically made a mermaid quite lovable, really, because before that, they're they're quite evil creatures, really, and <laughs> so. ugly. They're not that pretty either. Supposedly, this is not. Yeah. A, remember when that documentary came out? A long time. It was a mockumentary. I begged to differ. I, and people thought it was real. I mean, I I was double taken on it there. Discovery just totally fucked with the whole world, you know, about 10 years ago. And it's just like, I'm looking at it and people really thought it was real. <laughs> it was like, it was pretty, it was an intelligent mockumentary because it really screwed with people's heads. Well, but it, was, worst, it was really interesting though. The worst was um, 
circus freak shows back in the 1900s, what they would do is they take an aborted fetus, um, sew in a fishtail on it, and, yeah. and then bottle it in formaldehyde, and they found a mermaid. <laughs> Somewhere out there, I still think they do that. Anybody will do anything. Like my, my girlfriend and I, was three or four months ago, went to a thing in Dallas for the macabre. It was just weird. There's this guy hanging himself with this. This is the kind of like weird stuff, weird taxidermy bullshit everywhere. I mean, just weird goth like crap, but which I liked. It wasn't so bad. But they had this one guy just decided to hang himself with hooks. I got video of it. He passed yeah. out in the middle of it. But they tell you, these people are strange. <laughs> I saw I saw one of those. But they had stuff like that there. The tail stuck onto the feet. Well, I saw this extreme circus one where this guy was pulling a car with his penis and scrotum. I oh, seen goodness. that guy. Well, I seen a guy do it on YouTube, and it's just like that guy's got major league balls, <laughs> brass ones. They are hanging down literally now, though. <laughs> I'd like to see one of y'all try that. I would, pay. <laughs> I would pay to see that, guys. <laughs> just so oh, you know, oh, my God. birthday's coming up. It's like watching a car crash, to be honest with you. You can't, your eyes can't avert it, but you're kind of disturbed at what you're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I guess what we should do is maybe um, rate A Little Mermaid, the Hans Christian Andersen story, starting with you, Leandro. How many stars do you give this? Uh, mm. Oh, it's a tricky one because I like I like the story. the The end was sad, but at the same time, um, I say four. And what about yourself, Davide? I have to give it a ten. So, um, obviously, I love the Little Mermaid story. I grew up with it, and it's absolutely my favorite Disney. And then I read the fairy tale when I was younger. But I didn't remember it. I didn't remember it was so. I want to. I don't want to say dark because I don't think it's really dark. It's dark. It's so it's really dark. So crude. But sometimes crude stories are more are closer to reality and they kind of give us more teaching than just having sugar coating everything. If that makes sense. So I, I thought. So the ending was from a normal point of view, a bit like dark, if that makes sense, a bit sad, but at the same time, the guy kind of retold the sort of folklore behind it and said, well, actually it's all good because she's become a spirit of the air and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that was a little bit rushed, kind of like, let me just put something up there just to make, just to give hope to humanity or something. I don't know. I just didn't really well she really did become one of the breezes that would you know cool yeah. off in the hotter areas well, and the the so i mean and this i'd rather is have maybe... a better job myself no so the the thing is i did study wicca and witchcraft back in the days and practiced it as well and i remember reading and studying actually a book on the four elemental spirits i don't know if you guys Which have one? heard of it the elemental the four elemental spirits i just wondered i got like a huge library and stuff like that you would love my I books find, i need to find that name of the book but basically they were describing the four elemental spirits the four elements so you have you know the salamanders for the fire and then you have the undine, undine or undine for the water and then the sylphs for the air and the, the gnomes for the earth. So when I when I read that, I kind of understood that there are different spirits and depending on the elements. It was a lot of symbolism. 
Yes, yes, it's absolutely symbolic. But then the Undine are pretty much what the mermaids are supposed to be. And then you have the Undine who lives in the water. So you have like the mermaids and merfolks, etc. And then you have the seals who are basically the fairies. So those two are kind of like separate spirits. But in the story, the kind there's a kind of sort of connection between the mermaids and the and, and the air spirits. And I don't really understand this connection. It's not really explained. So well, I, I she thought, becomes mm. a spirit of the air, technically, because when she dies, you know, yeah. she doesn't really have a permanent death. She goes and she becomes the air. That's where you get your representation of air. Mm. It was her job to bring the cool airs, you know, back to people who were suffering where it was hot or where they were stuck because they couldn't get wind in yeah. their cells and stuff like that. So there's your air. Yeah, no, but what I don't understand is that if mermaids are born and they live for 300 years, then they die because they don't have a soul. Why was she given the option to become a... I'm curious about the whole Because she, she, she sacrificed herself. Yeah. She, so do you, would you say that maybe she's done something that, uh, in an average, a so-called water spirit wouldn't have done? I, I think it's a simple fact that basically she could have saved herself and gone back to the sea and be back with her family. By killing the, yeah, the, but the prince. By killing him. But by, by sacrificing herself and not doing that, gained her soul by doing yes. but, the, but the thing is, she still has to use penance. So, so she, um, she still has yeah. to do for 300, a, for 300 years, she has to be doing good deeds. Yeah, there is a part that, that her, her grandma explained that um, mermaids didn't have a soul. That's why they were able mm -hmm. for 300 years, but they were not able to cry. Where the humans were having shorter lives, yeah. but they have an eternal soul. That's why I think because she decided to turn into, let's say, a human and for love, yes. not for something, any other reason, like bad reason. It was a good reason. Kind of like she gained a soul at the end. Okay. I would say so, something like that. So, it appears so to be that way. So would you say that? The story teaches you that goodwill and good intentions are what keeps you, who saves you from your basic nature and sort of destiny you're born with. That's the idea. It's kind of like, I, I, I don't know, I see Christianity behind it and kind of I like think, having good yeah, well, deeds and goodwills, you know. I, yeah, I think it has think. a Christian message to it. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. because it's, it's like, it's not, a, it's not, I think it's like a, a spiritual message. Um, that's what the feelings that when you read these these stories, you know, it's like mm -hmm. to make you really easily to you can see really easily how the author thinks. Yeah. Right. And even though it's a it's a story and it's not real, you could see how. I, I, now that you said that, I remember when I was reading this, I, I thought, oh, okay, now now more or less I can see how the author is thinking here. You know, he decided to talk about souls and. And something superior, rather than being, I don't know, in the ocean yeah. for hundred years and then turn into waves and disappear and 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 the story. Yes. So yeah, I think it's something a bit extra, like behind. Mm -hmm. if you think. And the thing is, is you know, though a mermaid may live for three hundred years, if you have a soul, you live for eternity. In our view of heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, then, then I've got a question. So what's the role of the sea witch then in the story? Because it's completely different, at least from my perception. It's completely different from the Disney movie. 
whether in the Disney movie you have the villain who's trying to trick you, and you hear the witch is like, I'll tell you and all the things, everything as it is, all the things as they are, and then I'll give you exactly what you want and you'll have to pay the price exactly as it is. So sort of like, this is how it is, you know? She's not evil. She's just giving her what she wants and she's like, yeah, this is what you have to pay. This is what you have to do. That's the end of it. It's well, very uh, interesting. I mean, the thing is, is, I mean, if you also look at the sea witch is that everything, everything she does comes at a price. Mm-hmm. Because even when her sisters are coming to save her, they have to sell their hair which in order in order in order to provide the knife but at the same time she's getting kind of doubled the price here because the knife is going to kill the the human so at times she's got the price for the hair but then she's also you know bringing her back bring her back so basically there's you know there's no there's no refund guarantee with her <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah, but she's she's completely honest. You know, she doesn't. Yeah, you know, that's she, exactly what there, I mean. There's no, there's no or anything like that. But the question basically is, is that when you are 15 years old, would you understand what all that means? Because when you're 15 years old, forever the year. I'm just thinking back when I was 15 year old girl, and I didn't know jack shit about anything. <laughs> So, you know, this bitch don't know jack shit about anything either, I guarantee you. Because when you're 15, you don't know what to think. And just your first, I mean, she she had a statue of, you know, of a beautiful boy in the garden. So she was already, hormones were flying. (laughs) Well, yeah. She (laughs) fell in love with an idea. And you know, and I also I think it's because it was forbidden as well. There's a yeah. there's a there's mm-hmm. an attraction to being forbidden. I mean, the thing is, you know, she's the youngest of six sisters, six seven sisters, yeah. And so all her sisters are going up, and every year, you know, and then they go up, you know, like oh god, mount to the top, and then she's like wanting more and more because it's something that she's not able to do. And then when she finally does, it's like, which is wonderful because that's what and she's been begging her whole life to be able to go to the, to the surface. And so in her mind, you know, so say there's six sisters and they're born a year apart, you know, so she, by the time she gets there, she's nine years old. So between nine and 15, she's romanticizing the surface <laughs> of what it is and who it is and what yeah. they are. And, you know, and I think that, I think that's a part of the story as well that, you know, you know, be, you know. I, I think it's be careful what you tell your children because children will listen, but at the same time, they, they listen. May, they may mm-hmm. not understand. Just because they're listening doesn't mean they're understanding or having an idea of life. You know, it's a bit like when you get older, when you're in college, you have you're you're an ideal you're an idealist, and you have this idea that you're going to change the world. And as you get older, you realize, well, there's not much you can really do. <laughs> Start selling it live <laughs> as you get older. Um, right. and you learn to let things go a little bit, but when you're younger, you don't let anything go anyway. You, you start taking all your ideas and stuff like this, and you start focusing on them to a point where you're overthinking everything to, and you're obsessing over things. You're obsessing about if people like you or not in school, you're obsessing, um, if this person, you know, if you, you fall in love with someone, does this person love you back? And you obsess so much in your teenagers. That's why being a teenager it's not great, you know. It's hard if you remember growing up. It's just you just got all these feelings and emotions and 
things happening, your voice is changing, parts are growing, hair is growing. You don't know what the <laughs> fuck to do with any of it. It's just like no. And a, a day seems like seems longer than a year. Oh, yeah. You know, so I mean that's why, you know, as far as Little Mermaid is concerned, I think that's why what makes it quite quite work is that that simple fact is this is, you know, a 15 year old girl. And I think sometimes I think when we think of Little Mermaid, we forget how old she is. And I think yeah. when we get when we when we get into the movie, we'll discuss it a little bit further with you know some of the negative press that the Little Mermaid now gets um, due to the new generation. So whether well, you know, I like I, I like the story. I give five because. I don't know. It's it's just a staple of childhood. All these stories. I you know I read them to my kids. My mother read them to me. You know I didn't understand the Little Mermaid too much. They did make a movie, if I recall. I didn't understand why she turned into sea foam. I remember being really young, and they had some one of those like after school kind of deals. Yeah, it was one of those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and she actually turned into sea foam. They actually stuck to the story, and she didn't marry the prince. And it was just I didn't understand why she didn't get the prince. Like she's supposed to be the prince. What the fuck, mother? You know, but it's just the story the way it is. I mean, but and it's true, life isn't fair, life isn't easy, you know. And I mean, that's just the way that things happen sometimes. Not everybody, like they said, is gonna love you back. So how many stars do you give it? I give five easy. I give all of his stories five. I love all his stuff. I mean, I give it a solid five myself. I think it's an important story. It's, I mean, it's lived on for two hundred years almost. It it always translates into oh, every yeah. century, into oh, every story. But that's that story will always translate well into no matter what time it is. And I think there, you know, it's a classic for the reason that why it's a classic. And I and I think, you know, I think that we, you know, I had a conversation with someone at work um, yesterday about children's tales, and and they're going, and I think the thing is. Children's tales, which is what we'll discover this season, are dark. They're, They're dark, all dark and twisted. And that's, that they are. But that's what we like. Snow White and Rose Red, Jeebany Crickets. <laughs> well, I think I think that like um, it's it's different through time. Like for example, the thing that you you were saying before about um, for example, um, Cinderella, right? When when I was a kid, I didn't know and didn't know anything about that. How the story was would was how it was truly until I start, uh, until I was in university and then I was studying German, and the professor told us that all the Disney mo movies or the majority of them they were from the um, Green Brothers, and then she was saying yeah. that, that all the all the stories that we know, they were not like like we have seen. They're all yeah. like darker a bit twisted and the idea was like for example uh hansel and gretel the idea that you don't go to the 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 forest at night those little brats so they, they had it coming picking on that old lady but they all the stories, the shit they got. All the stories were like <laughs> really like um harsh so you're you not coming my forest them. and then in time they were twisted to be like like love story and all that that sweet crap that then when you grow up you realize it's <laughs> the sweet life is crap I, do i detect a little sarcasm there <laughs> well it's true you know it's like they you imagine a, you grow up with all those things 
and and then you realize that that I don't know the in a point in your life that life is not like that. And for example, for me, that happens now that um they kind of protect kids about everything, you know, like facts. And then when you grow up, then you realize that you have been in a bubble and life yeah. is not like like yeah. when you're at home. It's like the reality is outside waiting for you. And if you're not ready, then I think that's why a lot of people is suffering from um I don't know the name, like it's like depression. pain, depression, and all that is because I don't know. It's a lot of like. Well, that's what me and my girlfriend back in the day we were saying. Boy, we just resent the shit out of the Disney princess storylines and stuff because that's all bullshit. Because that isn't life at all. Here you are thinking you're going to grow up to be a Disney princess and meet the White Knight, <laughs> and it's just like that is biggest mm-hmm. fucking biggest spiel you can give any child. Tell them the truth. Life sucks. I, I really agree with <laughs> no, that because you get you get generally brainwashed because this is what you what you watch when you were a child. Like I grew up with the Little Mermaid, for example. Like Little Mermaid, The Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella were my absolute movies when I was a child, and oh, it's all daughter. about kindness and everything. And then you suddenly grow up and realize, well, there's no there's no Prince Charming actually. You know, there's no hero saving you. You have to save yourself. But then it's a whole process of like detoxifying yourself think, on that. You know? But I also think what we do is we um. And we'll get into the Disney one now, but I think what we do is we're romanticizing. Yes. Whether whether you're watching, let's take other films by Disney, Beauty and the Beast. Let's take Cinderella. Let's take Snow White. Um, And the thing is, those female heroines, they're not just sitting on their ass and hoping for Prince Charming to come to that. They have to fight through tooth and nail, through adversity and all the other (laughs) stuff. With it to get people the trying to, to kill them, knock them out, <laughs> and and we're thinking, and but we have a habit of thinking that basically that this prince comes and saves them from their lives. Yeah, that's bullshit. The prince, but the prince doesn't because <laughs> in every and every but in every in every heroine, you know whether it's you know, you know Cinderella for instance, she's the one that basically puts things in motion for to get her outcome. Beauty and the Beast. She's the one that basically has to turn the page and learn to understand him to figure out what's going on here to, you know, and then to do all this stuff. And, um, and in Ariel, when we'll, when we'll, we'll get to that next, it's not as clear cut as we think it is. I mean, I just yeah. finished watching the film again. And I mean, I've seen the film so many times anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but we have a habit of thinking that, oh, the man's coming to rescue her. But nowhere has the man ever come and rescued her in any of these circumstances. She's had to rescue herself first, and the man has come afterwards, after she's rescued herself. Well, she kind of has to rescue the, the uh, everybody in this, though, too. So. I kind of I kind of like to differ, in specifically The Little Mermaid, because it's slightly different. But we're getting to that, and we'll, yeah, we'll we can discuss it. But I think, yeah, mm, well, I don't know. Well, let's get to that now. Film, the Little Mermaid is a 1989 American animated musical fantasy film produced by Walt Disney Featured Animation and was released by Walt Disney Pictures. The 28th Disney animated feature film is loosely based on the 1837 Danish fairy tale of the same name by Hans Christian Andersen. The film was written and directed by John Musker and Ron Clements and produced by Musker and Howard Ashman, who also wrote the film songs with Alan Menken. 
Menken also composed the film score. Alan Menken and Howard Ashman would also do Little Mermaid. They would also do Beauty and the Beast, where Howard Ashman would die from AIDS. And he also wrote, before he died, he, he finished doing Aladdin. Menken also composed, uh, featuring the voices of Rene Albuginelles, Christopher Daniel Barnes, Jody Benson, Pat Carroll, Patty Anderson, Buddy Hackett, Jason Marin, Kenneth Mars, Ben Wright, and Samuel E. Wright. The Little Mermaid tells the story of a teenage mermaid princess named Ariel who dreams of becoming a human and falls in love with a human prince named Eric, which leads her to make a magic deal with the sea witch Ursula to become human and be with him. Walt Disney planned to put the story in a proposed package film containing Anderson's stories, but scrapped their project. In 1985, while working on The Great Muscle Detective, The Great Mouse Detective, Clements and Musker decided to adapt the fairy tale and propose it to Walt Disney Studios chairman Jeffrey Kratzenberg, who initially declined due to its similarity to a proposed sequel to the 1984 film Splash, but ultimately approved of it. Ashman became involved in Broad and Mencken with supervision from Kratzenberg. They made a Broadway-style structure with musical numbers as staff was working on Oliver and Company in 1988. Kratzenberg warned that the film would even less earn less scented appeal to females, but eventually became convinced that it would be Disney's first blockbuster hit. The Little Mermaid was released in theaters on November 17, 1989, to a critical acclaim earning praise for animation, music, and characters. It also a commercial success, garnering $84 million at domestic box office during its initial release, and $235 million in total lifetime gross worldwide, becoming the sixth largest grossing film in 1989. Along the major success of both Disney's 1986 animated film, The Great Mouse Detective, and the 1988 Disney Amblin live-action animated film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Little Mermaid is given credit for breathing life back into the art of Disney animated feature films after some films produced by Disney's were struggling. It also marked the start of the era known as the Disney Renaissance. The film won two Academy Awards for Best Original Score and Best Original Song for Under the Sea. The film's success led to a media franchise, a direct-to-video sequel, which was released in 2000, focusing on Ariel's daughter, Melody, a prequel followed in 2008. The first film was adopted to a stage musical with a book by Doug Wright and additional songs by Alan Menken and new lyricist Glenn Slater, opened in Denver in July 2007 and began performances on Broadway January 10, 2008, starring Sierra Bogus. Other derived works and material inspired by the film include a 2019 live musical presentation on ABC as part of The Wonderful World of Disney and a 2023 live action film adaption directed by Rob Marshall and starring Halle Bailey. In 2022, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. To date, The Little Mermaid has made over $1.5 billion. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of The Little Mermaid and be right back.
welcome back to Lizard Eyes Podcast. We're discussing The Little Mermaid from 1989 and starting you with Davide. What are your thoughts on Little Mermaid from 1989? Well, as I said before, I grew up with this movie, so I, I, I cannot deny I love it. Um, I used to have the VHS, the original VHS, um, recorded, and I used to watch it until like vomiting. I, I, I just grew up with it. It's one of my favorite Disney movies, probably the, the most, my top favorite Disney movie. Um, so I obviously grew up with this version, not with the fairy tale. The fairy tale was something I read when I was younger, but didn't remember it much. So but this is this one has got a better happy ending compared to the other one. Um, and obviously you have the amazing Ursula. Oh my god, I love the witch. She's my favorite villainess in the whole Disney world. Um, and and I think actually she was um I don't want to say loosely based, maybe strictly based on that famous drag queen called Divine. I don't Divine, know if you ever heard Divine, of that. yeah. I thought that was funny when I, when I read that. I didn't know that. Um, I knew she was or he was, but I don't know. The thing is, they were going to get Divine to do it, but Divine died after Hairspray. They saw Divine in Hairspray. No, they wanted B. Arthur to do the voice originally, yeah. but she turned it down too. That's bad. The, that drag queen, she was pretty cool. But her voice anyway. Oh. Like, incredible. I mean, I grew up with the Italian version, then I watched the English version. I like both versions, to be honest. They're not exactly the same. There are little bit differences. But, yeah. So, the interesting... They, they almost didn't make it. It was this close to not being made. They didn't want to make it. Oh, really? Did. Well, I didn't know this. But I, I generally love the story. Um, obviously, you have the little memory being curious and being wanting to discover the different worlds. So, there's a, the whole... Um, sphere of curiosity being part of the story and the fact that she doesn't feel like she fits in in the sea world and she wants she's more than just that um, and then obviously she's something in between the human world and the sea world but then the most exciting part is obviously the sea witch uh, but she's completely different from the from the fable from the from the original fairy tale um, she seems to be a trickster because she's got some sort of like power hanger if that makes sense and obviously, when you read the backstories, you kind of find out that she's sort of the sister of Triton, King Triton, or sort of thing. Was she the sister of Triton in the cartoon? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember that. They don't really all. mention well, it. They don't really well, mention it. In a way, they do it. mention it because when when he first introduced her and she's she eats, he sits there and goes, you know, send oh, yeah. she, she used to live in the castle. She used Into to live pulse. in the castle. <laughs> I realized that today when I was watching it going, okay. That must have yeah. just went right over my head. I don't recall that. I've seen this like a gazillion times since yeah. 1989. They too. don't tell you they don't tell you directly, but then if you read, I think they do in books of like when the, the Disney, the official Disney books when they write the story of the villains. And I think uh I think the book is called Poor Unfortunate Souls, and it's the story of Ursula and how she was stripped by King Triton, who was actually the, the real villain, whether she was... Did Splash up, came out in 1984, oh, right? This was like five years after Splash, so... I think this was 1989 when I was born, if I'm not mistaken. 1989. Oops, I revealed my age. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's interesting. But in, it's if, if in the original story, the witch is kind of sort of the will of fate, where she's given the little moment exactly what she wants, saying, you're going to pay the price, this is life. In the story that she may make her she makes her sign a contract, a whole legal contract with all yeah. 
you know, all the terms and conditions, you know, terms and conditions apply. And then she signs in and she said, well, now it's on you. And then to win over her, she tries to trick her. So she's the proper villain. She's She's got this sort of humanity in herself and tries to, you know, to win the fight against the little man. She's using this whole situation to get some power from King Triton and get, you know, the Triton. She's not an octopus. She's a Cecilia. She's part octopus, uh-huh. mythological, part human. Just for the record. I had no idea. Not an octopus, guys. <laughs> what is? She's a mythical creature, god dang it. <laughs> what's what's the name of the mythical creature? Cecilia. C-E. C-E. Cecilia. C-C. Oh, God. Now I gotta look it up. I can't remember my spelling. Um, I had it written down in my notes somewhere. It's that uh, it is C E C A E L I A. It's a mythological human slash oh, kind, of octopus kind of thing. This is a, it's in mythology, you know. All that stuff comes out of your part of the world over there. That's fascinating. Yeah, and all that other good stuff. Plus, she's C E C C E C. A-L-C-E-C-A-L-I-A. Cecilia. Cecilia, Cecilia, whatever you want to say. Say okay. I wasn't okay. trying to start a mythology lesson, but somebody kept saying she's Which an would be interesting. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting about this little mermaid is that simple fact is that Ursula has it all kind of set up anyway. And basically her her view is basically to get back the kingdom. And then finding it in with her with Ariel's obsession, she pretty much sets everything in motion. Right. So unlike the story, we don't get really Ariel looking to become human, but because of her father's, oh, you know, her father destroys everything, and then you get Flotsam and Jetsam going, well. Yeah, I've got another option for you. <laughs> yeah, but, you, know, if you. You know, if your father's treating you so badly, then you got this here. You know, yeah, the best thing. And again, you. she's sixteen, and she did the musical she, score she get two Oscars? I believe it got two Oscars. Yeah, it got got it for best score and best. The score the- is is awesome. It just is. I just I found myself singing the whole thing, watching it again. Especially when he got to the kiss the girl part. I forgot all about that song. <laughs> you know? And all the animals are saying, la, 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 la. <laughs> you got to kiss the girl. I just roll every time I say, I don't know why I like that. I totally get off on that part every time. <laughs> and, and under the sea. For me, it's like a under national the sea, yeah. yeah. Under the sea. I mean, how do you not like any of that musical score? I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic. That's what Disney was. Disney. But, it's, I mean, for me, it's the it's the Ursula song that's something. Ursula, I oh, poor was it poor? Uh, Unfortunately, louder, sing loud. Oh no, what was she saying? Sing. <laughs> See, Leandro was singing. See, y'all were singing too. I know y'all were singing when you were watching it. You're moving. And don't forget the importance of body language. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's a there's a lot of adult. Easter eggs in this movie too. Yeah, a lot of well, shit. Goes and the simple fact is that she pretty much calls Ariel a slut. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah, she kind of says, "Well, you, you you're gonna lose your voice." However, I just love your body. So, <laughs> no, but I'm talking about when she almost kisses um, Eric. Eric. You have to kiss the girl, and then they show Ursula, and when she sits there and goes, pretty much calls her a slut. 
yeah. hussy, whatever he called her a hussy or something to that effect. Hussy. I was like, hussy. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, with this turn of events, what we got from the short story to the Disney version is uh, it kind of sets things up slightly different. You know, we have, you know, we do have Ariel. She got, she's not supposed to go to the surface. This is the, the, the sisters don't go to the surface. So we got Ariel wanting and quite a, um, Inquisitive. We got this inquisitive girl um, who, you know, goes to the surface. She's the boy. Now the thing is, she's kind of she kind of infatuated with him, but she's not as infatuated with him. She likes him. She likes the statue. She kind of because she likes all human things. So so it's more like that kind of thing. I mean, fork. Remember, so, she finds the fork. It's just like an artifact from heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a fork. <laughs> So she's built up this idea of what's going on above the shore, and then we get that with part of, part of, part of your world song situation. That song almost didn't happen too. They wanted to cut that from. Can you imagine them cutting that? Can't cut that now, you know. But then another thing is that when she goes to the surface, and then the boat sinks, and she captures Eric. Now the thing is, when she takes Eric to shore, she sings to him, so he hears her voice and opens up, so he remembers what her voice is. So, and then when she, of course, she gives everything up, and of course, she doesn't get the pain and all the other stuff that comes on with the original. But the thing is, the reason why Eric falls in love with her isn't because of the simple fact of, like we have in the original story, he doesn't know who she is until. Ursula's spell breaks. She drops and her voice comes back and Ariel yes. and then she realized he realized who Ariel is. So it's kind of a different fluctuation than what you got in the in the short story. And the simple fact that, you know, they, he remembers her. You know, there is this remembrance of who she is and the voice. And he's looking, he's been search and he's searching for this voice in the in the Disney production. So I think that's probably why it works. But I think and and if you look at the simple fact, she doesn't give up. She, when she does give up everything, she gives it up because she's angry at her father, and she yes. and like a teenager makes. She's a acting like a teenager, a typical little turd teenager, like the rest of us all acting like she's being defiant and you know disobedient. It's got to get her in trouble. That's way things happen. And so. makes that wrath decision. And when Eric goes and marries. Ursula. I almost married her. He's got, she's got Ariel's voice. She's singing with Ariel's voice. I mean, well, Jody Benson's doing the singing voice for it as well. Right. So, but um, and then of course, and then he's, and then he's, it's under her, under her spell, under the spell. So, so I can understand why we get a happy ending situation because it does make the, it makes the storyline a bit different. The of characters, course, characters though, the characters are just so fantastic. You know. Crab, you know, you guys, I mean, you just can't stop laughing at the characters. They're just, they're so brilliantly concocted and have chemistry. All of the voices and the, the, I mean, they did such a freaking good job on this. Well, the voice acting is fantastic. Jody Benson um, worked with Howard Ashman on a musical called Smile, and she sang a song called Disneyland. She played Doria in that. Um, interestingly, Prince Eric is, um, Charles Barnes, which you know him from the Brady Bunch movie as Greg Brady. Was though that's his voice, but he wasn't singing. Was he singing? Eric doesn't sing. So 
There was no singing on his part. That was him, wasn't it? I didn't know that till just today. I didn't even think to look. And oh, my if, God, the voice. That's what's so familiar about the voice. Oh, my God. I just learned it. If you're an old-timer oh, cool. out there and you remember the Doris Day show from the 60s. Right. Next door neighbor is the voice of Ursula, Pat Carroll. Right. And Kenneth Mars is the person who died in Omen, the Omen who gets his head cut off. He's King Triton. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Kenneth Mars is, if you ever seen What's Up, Doc, the old Bet, um, Barbara Streisand film. And if you look at his face, you'll recognize it because he's always plays these really nerdy guys and he was King Triton. But And then Renee Alvarez was in Sister Act 2. You know? So it's like when you see these people and you recognize them over and over and over again. So. Have you ever noticed before, and I had to look, but Mickey, Goofy, Donald Duck, Kermit the Frog, and Mr. Limpet make a cameo in this. You have to really look. I didn't know about Mr. Limpet. Now, I caught I caught Goofy. Now, I didn't see Mickey or Kermit, but they're in there. And, I mean, they they, they, they bounced a couple of characters. I did, it's like, I did, I did catch um, Goofy, though. I didn't catch the other ones yet. But I, I think that's I interesting. I think Merriweather's in there as well. I don't know. You know, know from, from Sleeping Beauty? yeah. I think she. I think that they brought her back, and she's like she's the housekeeper. <laughs> it's got the same face. Well, then you got the you got the guy that the cook in the kitchen, you know, who's just getting just so pissed off at Sebastian. Was it Sebastian he was trying to eat? Yeah. Was it him? Yeah, la puzzle, la puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, it was just really, I don't know. It, there's just nothing to dislike about this. I just. I, I love the old, I just love vintage Disney at this point. But I also didn't know, she's not my favorite person in the world, but she's not ugly. But they based Ariel's features on Alyssa Milano's. Oh, which one? Alyssa Milano. No, Alyssa, but what, which, which character? Ariel. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It said during the um, okay, during a 2013 appearance on the Wendy Williams show, Alyssa Milano told the host that animator Glenn Keane created Ariel in her likeness. He used photos of the actress when she was younger to perfect Ariel's facial features. Milano said she did not know she was the inspiration behind the character um about the little mermaid. She had no idea back then, but she was and, and always then, cute as a button. Well, hold on. No, no. Mouth now, but but Alyssa Milano is also when, when she's singing. No. It's not her singing. No, she just no. They just made her, her her facial features were inspired by Alyssa Milano. Ah, okay. But interesting okay. enough, if you know, in if you uh, you you probably know uh, Vicky, you watched Charmed. There was an episode at some point in the series when Alyssa Milano, well, Phoebe, became a mermaid. So interesting. Oh, that's right, and she was pining away for her demon. I remember that one. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. where she was getting involved with the nip-tuck. If one day, if one day, kid, if one day you decide to do charm, put me in. I, I will be in that podcast because I used to watch it. I used to love it. I love charm as well. Yeah. I love charm too. I, I just, I think they tried to make a new one, just like. You know what? When I was living in USA in 2011, a girl What's offered. That? Yeah, a girl offered me to give me the whole collection DVDs, and I said no because she was drunk. Oh, and then well, that's I, when you should have taken advantage. You're just too much no. of a gentleman. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. noble bullshit. 
No, 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 no. You, know, you, 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 you have shown her heart, so it's fine. I, I know what I'm going to. I'm going to ask her to call if she knows she doesn't want the DVD around any other time. I, I like, I like. Well, um, I first watched the Little Mermaid when I was eight, and I remember I really enjoyed it. And and, think, and as as kids sing, say that thing at the same time more or less splash was going on. Oh, splash was another one. Which yeah. I splash think, was in 1984. Uh, That's with Daryl Hannah. I yeah. love that. I love that movie. It's a great uh, movie. Really, is. I did. I didn't like the new Mermaid. I think it's shit. Sorry, this. Well, all of their new movies are shit. You know what? It's not even because of what you would think. I would think why I don't like. You know, I don't. I don't like. Well, I'll be honest. I don't care who knows it. The only thing I don't like about the Disney portrayals of the movies is the lack of, I don't know, take Lion King, for instance. I liked the music. I loved the facial features. The, you just didn't get that with the, the movie, The Lion King. Now, Mulan, I actually liked. But again, it's it's made to be more realistic and not magical. But, you know, they strayed from, the, they strayed from their formula too much. And they're really just not doing I so think- hot right now. But... I, I also just, think that it, it's kind of weird. Like we're going to be covering Beauty and the Beast later this month, right? The make and remake, and the thing is, the animation is able to tell the same story that it takes the movie two hours and fifty minutes, two hours and thirty minutes to do that the animation can do in ninety minutes, right? Same story, and it's even shot for shot. And you're kind of thinking, what's the reason? There is it. Just... What's the reason now? I want to know. Is <laughs> about, well, the thing about Little Mermaid. I mean, this is. I mean, and you can. I mean. It, you can re- you can make a live action if you want to. You can. But it's still not going to have the charm. It doesn't. Because, it's... and there are little touches in here that I love about Little Mermaid. The kiss the girl scene that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, when he brings up the oars and you have, and you have the frogs going, la, 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 I la, know, la. that's what I'm saying. That's the best part. It's all the animals going, la, 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 la. You know, I just, I can that's watch that over awesome. and over. Or when Sebastian's coming up off on the um on the lily pad and you yeah. got Tap going over his head. Yes. <laughs> that is like the best musical number in the whole thing. You can't do that with these new movies. They're lame. They're boring. They lack magic. That was Disney. Yeah. You know, I, that they lost really their hard. way. And I really, truly, I really hope they come back. I do. I don't want them to tank. I hope they come back. I, I mean, you get the same thing with the Aladdin as well. You got the animation Aladdin and the live action, and it's it just loses. There's there's this it's like Mulan, Mulan same yeah, thing. But, but, I liked but, but, it though, but there was no magic. I wanted Eddie fucking Murphy's dragon to show up throughout that whole movie, <laughs> and it just it is cuts not. It off. Yeah. It's, I've it's not, the I've only thing I've got. Watched. Is they are not magical. It is not magical. Once they went to this new formula, it ceased being magical. Mm. I'm this my opinion. You know, everybody's got one, but that's what I think. I just have a. I so far, I've 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 even saw Lady and the Tramp, the live action of that. Even the the live action of Pinocchio. Pinocchio was kind of okay, except it still it still misses the magic of the animation. It doesn't have the magic. It doesn't. The problem. I mean, and there's a good performance in them. I won't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hell Hal Berry sings the hell out of the music and she sounds fantastic. Right. But it still lacks the magic. It yeah. still lacks the 
story. It's still there's even though even though it's almost word for word with the script, it's still lacking something. Lion King. It's like the photo seeing the photo but seeing the lion, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but seeing the photorealisticness of the animals, it still misses the magic of the original animation. You kind of watch it going, okay, and I'm not deeply involved in it, you know. You know, and Ariel is like, you know, when she has that voice, and, and you know, at the very end of the Little Mermaid, I think what I saw Little Mermaid when it came out. And that, you know, when a video came about the video about Dooby, I have it on. Yeah, Blu-ray. so did I. <laughs> I. I have the I have the original I have the original poster, which is an Ariel and Triton. It's Ariel on the rock. Um, and I also have a tattoo of it on my shoulder as well. You bit. do not. I did not know that. Yeah. Then again, I've never seen you naked. So, <laughs> all these reasons. But I mean, the little mermaid. There are I mean, some yes, <laughs> you do have a tattoo. But the, the reason being is because, first of all, it's like, you know, there's one scene that almost chokes me up and almost brings tears to my eyes when her father lets her go and she goes, yeah. I, love you, I love you, daddy. Yeah. And I don't know why that does. I mean, it's, an, it's a fucking animation film, but it touches yeah. you. It grabs you. And it's you're watching it. I and, think it's because her dad was really like you Ariel's trail. You know, you understand Ariel all, all the way through. You understand where she's coming from. You understand she wants to break out her own. You understand that you know there are there are restrictions that she can't. Her father just needed to beat her ass. She was an incorrigible, horny fifteen-year-old <laughs> girl that needed to stay the fuck home. Let's just put it where it's supposed to. So, you know, another, another thing I found though as well that Triton, her father, is that is that fault here as well because if he explained to her th- the reason about life up on the surface and stuff like this maybe things have been different yeah. but all he says to her goes i forbid you to go but why daddy because the human world the crazy you know he doesn't go into detail if maybe if he sat um, down and had a conversation with her things I, might have played out differently i don't i don't think that 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 would have changed anything to be honest i mean she's a teenager she follows uh Emotions, or feelings, a curiosity, yes, but, the love for the prince. I, I mean, even they told her that there was an apocalypse out there. I, like, I do think really? that parents. I do think and parents. I love him. I think. <laughs> I think parents make a mistake sometimes, because I know that if my mom sat down to me and had a conversation and explained things more properly, and said, "To be honest, she told me not to go and not to do something," that made me want to do it even more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I agree with you because my dad was like. Uh, for example, I don't want you to do this. Why? Because I said so. Yeah, but that's not a reason. And it's like don't do he, as I do, do as I say. That's what I yeah, no, no, oh, right. because he was he, he grew up in a in a time where like he he even told me like their parents were saying no and there was no question. It was a no in the story. There was no yeah. room for arguing or, or knowing or wanting to know reasons. Well, when I grew up, it was more like no, give me, give me reasons so I can understand why mm-hmm. you think like that or or why you're saying no. And it's the same in this this story. Don't go to the surface because yeah. everyone is 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 bad and they kill your mom. Well, yeah, okay, but in a point she said, well, to well, be honest, not all of them yeah. kill mom. Just one person did. Um, but it's it's not easy. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, uh, for how much I feel like Ariel, and you know, I hate tracking Triton being like that because I. That sort of person 
who, if you say, oh, you don't do this because, because I said so, I'm like, well, I don't care. You're not giving me any reason. That's the rational side. But at the same time, it's not easy to be a parent at the same time. I can understand that. And oh, yeah. sometimes explaining things doesn't change anything. You know, there is a certain level of wisdom and experience that comes with time and growth. And then you can't get to that until you experience life and grow, et cetera, et cetera. So she's a 16 years old girl and she, she, she I mean, the, the guy, the, the father is telling her not to go up there because it's dangerous. She's like, yeah, but I don't see the danger. Yeah, for now. You know, then you grow up and you understand the politics and the wars and the fights and the killing and blah, 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 and all the stuff. And then obviously the sea witch and, and all this, uh, you know, all the stuff. And then, you know, there are things you cannot understand. Like, for my experience, how many years, for so many years, I've always said, oh, my God, my mother. My mother keeps telling me this and keeps telling me that. My father, blah, 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 blah. Don't do this, do that, do that. I'm like, oh, whatever. Then I grew up, I've experienced life, I've lived alone, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my mother was right, you know? <laughs> and then even I the- I still ask how kicker when you get out there on your own, just like, boy, you just can't exactly. wait to get out there. And then you get just out there just going- like, oh, nobody warned me about any of this shit, yeah. Exactly, and then, you the know- thing is, but, we still, but we still do this today anyway. What film ends up making a lot of money that shouldn't be making films and end up being really crap? Films that basically they say you shouldn't be seeing this because it should be censored or a film that's censored or been banned or a book that's been banned. They're the ones that sell the best. They're the ones that make all the most money because it's like, because someone's told you that you shouldn't be seeing this. So now we all want to see it. Right. Yeah, but that's the sort of power. I call it the power of polarization, keeping people polarized, people who like it and hate it, people who want it and don't want it. And then, you, you create a sort of like antagonism between two groups and then obviously the movies will profit of it. Well, I think that's the reason why like sometimes when, you know, there would be like something on Facebook or Twitter or social media yeah. about something that someone's offended by. Sometimes I wonder how much that is done for marketing because I find that oh, I, it probably, is. I probably would never heard about this film until someone's mentioned it like in a negative light. Now I want to see it and I do watch it and nine times they're only really shitty films. Most films that like that has all uh, these controversy behind it. And then you like, remember you were all offended. excited for it and then it doesn't it was turn a- out. This exact thing happened with the Da Vinci Code when he came out in Italy. We had priests burning the books because it's satanic. And suddenly people were buying it and boycotting it. And who profited? You know, the Da Vinci Code? They were boycotting the Da Vinci Code? Yeah, there were priests. Oh, that's because it probably suggests that Jesus Christ had a lineage and actually had sex and had a wife (laughs) and was a real rabbi and was, you know, doing manly things and didn't walk around like Jeffrey Hunter. Yeah. yeah. The (laughs) the point is, you know, companies hire smart people. This this smart people do things like that. I didn't know they did that. And though. they know how to push well, muscles because muscles. I had no idea they boycotted I mean, the Da Vinci Code. I did not. But look at Madonna. But look at Madonna's with her erotica book, the table book. The all became that. Do you know that's the largest selling pictorial book in all history? So that table seen? book. Yeah, and why? I was working in a bookstore yeah, when it came out. Book. I never forgot that. Everybody wanted that book. I had so many of that table book. I was on. It was about that big. The table book, big naked pictures of a dog. Yeah, but the thing is, have you met anyone who was offended by it ever? No. But we heard about everyone. Well, being yeah, I did. I actually, heard about it. I did. There's quite a lot of you know people that 
Yeah. No one likes no, Madonna. No. Let's face it. The, you, you, they thought she was crazy. She was just she was no, reinventing but, herself all the time back then. No, but what, I don't but know what, what she's doing what I'm, now. What I'm saying is that we heard a lot of people being offended. I did. Well, I guess I didn't hang out. Well, did I you, guess what I yeah, a lot of people. Ever, the question is, show. have you ever met anyone who's been offended? Who was offended? No. One person. It's it's like it's a bit like you know it's a bit like an urban legend situation it's like right you know like guy with a hook well that happened to my cousin's best friend whose right. girlfriend the cousin of this person which is probably that person doesn't exist so sometimes <laughs> i kind of wonder some of this controversy i mean we do little mermaid i mean speaking of controversy little mermaid has come under fire by people like Kira Knightley, who said she wouldn't let her children watch it because she didn't like that 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 Ariel gives up her voice for a man, and Mindy Carling from the Mindy Project has said that now. Oh, well. there was a there was a whole feminist attack I take down on the Little Mermaid and stuff. Oh yeah, there's yeah. always somebody that doesn't like you. Well, look at the last one. They they kind but of. The woke thing it is, though, when you bit. watch it, though, when you realize that, and this is what's different from the book, is that in the right. book. She gives up everything because she's obsessed over her. Here, she gives it because she she's angry with her father destroying all her stuff. Then Ursula, oh, that's sends, right, that's right. That's so right. Ursula sends in her thing, goes, "Well, maybe you know, come and see me, and maybe you know, I'll help you to get away from your father." Pretty much what, and so she's enticed to do it. It's not that <laughs> you know, it's not a decision that you know she's 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 obsessed a little bit by him, but she's not to the point where she's going to give up everything to be with him. But she's angry with her father, so she's not thinking straight now, which I thought was a quite a different turn on it. So if you hmm. and the thing is, and I have to admit, when I until I watched it recently, I always thought that she gave up everything to be with him for some reason. But watching it this time around, I actually looked at it a bit differently. So. Which I think it has to come with age. Well, she's the one that did the saving, really, in the end, when Ursula gets all big and behemoth-like, you know? Mm. I mean, she wasn't just sitting there with a sprained ankle or fishtail. She was helping save, you know, people, too. I mean, well, she wasn't know, a helpless heroine, is what I'm saying. You know, she wasn't a helpless heroine, and another thing is that Eric gains the respect of Ariel's father and before he gives his blessing, because he's the one that kills Ursula and saves him and saves yeah. kingdom. <laughs> So I mean, it's a it's a lot more complicated than we than we kind of give Little Mermaid to be. Right. Still a great story. Still a great cartoon. One of the best ones, actually. I, I mean, I love it. But this is the thing that confuses me. Obviously, you have certain. Obviously, they're changing also how they do Disney movies and stories. And then this the newest one. Obviously, you have the this you know the their company's also whatever. tanking no one likes any of their new stuff the the people are just no one likes the new stuff their stock mm -hmm. has plummeted 50 percent people are canceling but, them like crazy but, you know i you, haven't canceled it yet but there's i will say that there's stuff on there that, that i say is highly undignified that that's what i would say should be a disney cartoon so but <laughs> i i can't really judge too much i just think all of the movie i, I don't care why everybody's fighting about the color of the mermaid. Mm -hmm. I just think the movie sucks. I don't like the new movies. I don't care what the color of the mermaid is. I just like the old stuff, like Snow White. That one. That was going to be a bigger <laughs> shit show than the Little Mermaid right now. Well, there again, as far as the mermaid's color, color her. Um, well, being, Snow White. Her skin was as white as snow. But even with Hail Berry getting cast as the live action thingy. 
I never, I, I still have yet to talk to anyone or see anyone or hear of anyone being offended by her being black. I, I saw it. I, I saw I think someone it's weird something being, on Facebook you can't about say it. Her skin is as white as snow anymore. So it's just, I, I don't know how that story proceeds. I do I, know that the dwarves are not dwarves anymore. So it's already jacked up and I will not waste money on it. But I, I to be honest, I, th I think, I think it, I don't think anyone, w I mean, there probably was a stupid person somewhere offended by it somewhere, but I don't the think dwarves it are upset. They think that the dwarf, the dwarf population in the United States right now or wherever is upset, especially, I, I, not, I don't know if it's uh, the main, the, the, the head actor, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Yeah, yeah, but he, but a lot of them are saying, you know, why can't they be dwarves? Why do we have to change everything? And it's just like, I don't know. They're just going with a different spin, I'm assuming. I, I think that they're probably trying to put across what, I don't know what kind of message Disney has. I think what they're doing them. is they're, they're taking someone who's a very, very small part of the population and giving them too much precedence over things. They're not giving them any, is and, what they're and, saying. And, and, they're and, 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 and just because someone... They think they have nowhere to go now because Disney has made it possible where dwarves are no longer needed. This is what I'm reading. I'm not making this up. This is just a story I was reading, a couple news stories about why people are upset. It's not so much the skin color of her, it's her shitty attitude towards the public, I guess, is what's, you know, getting her in trouble, more or less. But, uh, but I don't I, know. I, like I, I said, I, I don't follow it, so I'm not going to watch I just, it. I just find with these kind of things, uh, sometimes I kind of wondering is, is, is the media just giving things too much attention? They are. They're stirring yeah. shit. That's what they do, stir shit. <laughs> so, and the thing is, if if I didn't hear about Hale Berry, uh, well, Hale Berry, I guess that's her name. L H A L L E. Haley Berry, getting Haley, yeah. to be honest, I wouldn't even know they were making Little Mermaid the live action. I wouldn't have. No, I didn't know <laughs> either. It's only when she got those hoo ha about her. I didn't even know they were making one. Well, the only reason I knew about them making is one, she's making a big stink about her being Spanish and people don't think she looks like Snow White. <laughs> and then there was the dwarf thing, you know? So there was two things. And then she had to get shitty with the public, which Disney made her apologize. So it's already not been in a good light. Just Disney's just not well received right now. Just the well, way I it think, is. I mean, the thing is, I don't okay. mind. I don't mind color blinding casting. I don't, I, don't think that's a I don't care either. I, I think that if you're going to, I, I do think that if you're going to make Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, you probably need them to be small people. Maybe cause I mean, I know, I know dwarfs. They look like hippies. Have you seen them? Yeah, but <laughs> the thing, like but the thing is, I I understand how the word dwarf can be maybe offensive to them. I don't know. I I know a they couple... weren't offended by the dwarfs. They're upset that there's no place for dwarves in the movie. They don't Precise. care about the dwarf thing. They're but just that has to do. That but that has to do. But that all comes down to political correctness. I'll give you this story of political correctness that hap that happens in the UK. UK during Christmas is really big on having nativity plays, right? Stuff like Christmas again. Now the thing is. Now the thing <laughs> I is. I know it's too early. Now, well, come to find out, apparently the Muslims got upset with having nativity plays, accordingly. And of course, they stopped doing it. Well, do you know who was upset about having the nativity plays? It I wasn't, can only imagine. It wasn't the Muslims. It was some white people 
working in a fucking council somewhere thinking that Muslims I'm not asking them thinking that Muslims think, would be upset over it thinking that they would be upset over this it's always white <laughs> liberals I'm telling you they, they shut the fuck up we would all be fine you know that and the thing and the <laughs> thing and the, and, you know and the funny and the funny thing about it is you know who was upset about the nativity place being ended the most was Muslims Hindus and Sikhs you know why they were upset by them not having them done by having them canceled I've never heard of it. Every year, every year, their children were the ones being cast as Joseph and Mary. Oh, really? Oh my God, that is such a that's kind of human interest story. I've not heard. That's kind of funny. They weren't they weren't casting all the white kids in these roles. They were casting them, and they, and then they loved it because their kids got to be the leads. And these uh, well, that's cool though. But because you had some blonde haired bimbo who doesn't know any who doesn't have any <laughs> ethnic friends whatsoever. They never have any ethnic friends. No, they just know, think they know what's best for the ethnic races and people. And, and to be honest, that's that's worse than a racist because at the end of the day, if you're sitting there, right. if you're sitting there telling someone what trials and tribulations they are, and you have and you have no idea what their trials and tribulations are, but you're surmising what they are, you're the mm -hmm. problem. Now, if a bunch of short people are upset by the name dwarfs or dwarfs being cast or whatever like that, then they should speak for themselves. Not have someone else speaking for them. It's because why? Why they have other people speaking for them? What do you want I to say? Know. They just they just wanted to be the dwarves in Snow White. That they were upset. They were tall people, and they got rid of the dwarves. That's what the dwarves were upset in this particular instant. I mean, yeah. you can't make everybody happy, but that yeah. movie's going to tank just like the other ones have. That's sad. Yeah, they will. What about yourself, Leandro? What do you have to say? No, well, I think it's like. And probably they're upset because I don't know if you know when when was the Hobbit the movie, they're using normal actors and then they're they're shrunk in them with the computer. So probably there's they're not calling dwarf people to you know to act. They're calling other actors that probably are better actors because they're more famous or they have more practice in doing that. But what I think about I I saw the new Marmaid, uh, the movie with the real people. And I remember I was watching, and I didn't reach the end. I said to my friend, "This this movie is shit." <laughs> it really, no, it really pissed me off. For for example, and for me, it's not. This is not discriminating. This is to keeping uh, true with the story. The it just doesn't have the magic. Was, no, yeah, yeah, no. The Little Mermaid was white. Her fins were green. They make it different color. When she goes outside of the water, it looks like this a piece of like something is floating. Nothing <laughs> that go no fins of any fish when they go out of the water will be floating in the air. And I think it's like okay, what I think this is wrong with Disney is like okay, we're going to choose a black person or a color person, so we think that we are not uh, racist or we are we are accepting ev everyone. Another right. just bollocks, and then they do what they did with Johnny Depp with, with Captains of the Caribbean. That then he banned him to be part yeah. and then they were. It was proved that it was uh, this Amber, the one who did everything bad. Now they are trying to. They call him back to the movie, and then he said no. Yeah, so, that's the thing. You can but... all another movie where you can mix this, but if you're going to do an original movie, just respect how it is. And look, it happens to me. I live here in Stratford, right? And then once right. I went to see uh, Hamlet, and it was really, really strange, right? Because it was Hamlet. The story was happening in Denmark, 
and they were all black people. <laughs> but then I thought, okay, well, this is really strange because if if you if if I I think the good thing about Shakespeare is that you can grab the story and you can put it anywhere and it will work. But don't don't say that we are in the the. Well, you're forgetting the, the one important thing. Wait, 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 wait. Don't say that you are in Denmark in fifteen no. or I don't know, fourteen. They, they're they're making these movies to make a statement. We live in yes. a society of total yes, animosity right now. Yes. They are is... trying to out liberal each other and just piss off the other. That's what's going on with these movies. Yeah. The problem that they do. The problem. I think the problem that the risk of the problem, the risk that we are incurring into is the risk of cancelling history, rewriting history. You know, sometimes instead of remembering the shit that happened and being like, we understand and now we move on, they kind of like, oh no, 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 that didn't happen. That's no, that's, the way the and that's wrong. You know? It's like, no, it, it happened, <laughs> but let's just move on. We are mature. We understand. Well, it's sad. But, you know, uh, regardless, it's not the they case. don't. They just well, the don't gays, the gays up are, to the animated versions. They just don't. Well, the gays are doing the same thing as well. They're saying that a straight straight actor should not be playing gay characters. But that's bullshit. Why? Well, that's sort Why? of like Mel Gibson well, playing Mark Luther is, King. But, but, the, but the thing is, no. is this though. Let's let's switch this around a little bit. So if you're gonna say that, that means that only straight actors should be playing straight parts, then. Right. Hmm. No. Because the thing is, if you're gonna if you if you want to make these kind of rules. Then only gays should be playing gays, only trans should be playing trans, and only straights should be playing straights. Right. Gays should play a straight character, trans should play a straight character, and no, a straight no, character should play them. I think it's that's bollocks because I think it, it is that, too. Oh, I think it's bollocks as well. But I'm but, saying, but this is but this is what they're saying now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everybody <laughs> is all canceling everybody, everybody's hates everybody. And it just the whole thing is we are all not enemies. The people who are in charge are our enemies, and the people gotta get that message across. Well, the question is, is that I'm just sitting there saying it's a slippery slope. It is. It's very now much the thing so. is, I think personally for any role that's available, I don't care what your ethnicity is, I don't care what your sexuality is, I don't care anything. If you're the right person and you are a good actor and you right. can do the role, do it. But you can't see I, yeah. Mel Gibson. You can't see Mel Gibson play Martin Luther King in a movie. I mean, this is the people's gripe well, because they're trying to eradicate everything that's white, and you can't do that to white people either. Well, first of all, I mean, first of all, if you're going to do a biop, I think that the person has to look a little bit like the person. Yeah. That you're <laughs> One would hope is the point. If I'm, I'm gonna, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to watch the story of Madonna, for instance, I don't want to see Rihanna playing Madonna. <laughs> Yeah, but why yeah, yeah. not? If I'm gonna see Whitney Houston, I don't want to see Lady Gaga playing Whitney Houston. I don't care if she can sing the part or but not. But that's the mentality, yeah. though. That's the mentality. Anybody that, if it's a hero or whatever, you cannot have a white person play that. We have to do. We have to eradicate the white man out of every movie, out of everything. It's terrible. Well, the, you, the thing is, though, if you want to change the way anything is done, you vote with your wallet. And it's working. Ask Budweiser. <laughs> They're not making any money. I went to the store. All that beer just sitting there. Nope. It's a holiday weekend here in Texas. Biggest bud drinking, whatever. <laughs> Nobody's buying it. So people have gotten smart. They Instead of rioting, they decided to use their pocketbook. Well, that's what you do. I mean, that's what I you do. I don't know. I think it's, 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 it's like, I think everyone can play 
any any role because that's oh really, I do too. It's it's acting. But right? you gotta be I mean, realistic. Think, if the role, yeah. if, I don't if, if for example, a, I think it's bollocks that oh no, a straight person can play. Oh, that that's so, just bullshit. So, There's there was a movie. Wait, there was that. a movie with Wesley Snipes, Patrick Schweiz, and another person that I can't remember names that they were they were trans. I don't know if what you movie know. was yes. that. Yeah, I remember the movie. It's yeah, called Two Wong Fu. with um, Patrick Swayze and John. What movie was it? Two Wong Fu, um, Julie. Nadar. I don't think I've seen that one. Well, and and the role is they're playing so good that the, the movie is cool. And I think that you, it's not that you need to be, I don't know. So like Tony to, Curtis and Jack Lemmon and stuff like it hot. Acting is interpretative. <laughs> what I'm saying that is wrong is that they they're using. A movie to change something to kind of insert their political view and look in front of the society. Ah, yes, we are we are the correct thing. Instead that of like, is all they make do a different now. Movie, make a different do. movie, but you can make another story and then you can insert what you want to say in a different way. Where like I don't know, let's say the Little Mermaid two, and then you then you bring another mermaid that, and then you mix it and then you make a story. But not when you're doing a a, a remake of an ori original movie. That's I think that's that's where the point is wrong. Yeah, so, they, I think they're figuring it out because people are watching anymore, yeah. and they're getting rid of their memberships. And you know, eventually they'll they'll swing back. I mean, look what Tom Cruise did. He made that. I mean, there's been a lot of really good movies. Once they realized that people wanted to watch that and not yeah. this, people are starting to get smart. They're they're starting to put out good movies again. That's what I got my fingers crossed for anyway. I hope so. I hope that they give these writers their freaking money because everything sucks. I mean, the new relic soap operas, we just, oh my God, they are so heinous without the writers right now. It's just like the, the, the storylines are shit. You know, we miss our writers. But there is still, like Joe always says, there's so much stuff to watch. I, I go back decades now. I even found a channel that does 1900 film. Like, I mean, it is wicked cool, too. I didn't even know they could do that stuff in 1905. It's really interesting. But there's always content. But you just can't beat the old... You just can't beat these old um, movies, like the old cartoons. You just can't. Yeah. They got mad. Like, Snow White's magic. Sleeping Beauty's magic. You could make a movie out of it, but you're never going to capture that like they did the first time out. They can't recapture that. And I think that the someone who has made up the best marmot in real life would have been Amy Evans. Amy Evans. She's ginger and she sings really good. Is the one that made a movie uh, called Enchanted? Enchanted. Did they make food? They didn't. Did they do they make a movie out of Enchanted? Yeah, Enchanted is a movie. Yeah. Yes. Recover. I missed that one too. I don't watch everything. I try Recovering. to. I try to. Okay, let's rate Little Mermaid the film. So, Davide, how many stars do you give Little Mermaid? So, I grew up with it, so I'd have to give it like a full five. But if I compare it to the fairy tale, the original story, it's complicated. I don't know which one is best. I think they both have proven us to be. Well, they amazing. both appeal to senses. Yeah. One appeals to your sadness, one, know. oh, yay, they're married. So, you got two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd have to give 
Yeah, I think I'd have to give both of them five. I can't give one less than the other. Is to, yeah, five, absolutely five. What are yourself, Leandro? Um. Well, this movie has like uh can bring me happiness. You know, like um the songs. Not all of them. I couldn't remember all of them. But under the sea, <laughs> oh, part of the world. Part of the world. Like yes. Just makes uh, you happy. Just listen to the soundtrack. It's just yes. happy music. <laughs> so, five. <laughs> what about yourself? Oh, hands down five for all obvious reasons. I'm going to give it a solid five. Um, and it's always going to be one of my favorites. And it'll always be there. So... Well, this brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Our next books to screens will be Coraline, the Neil Gaiman film, and the film from, oh God, I forgot what year the film was from, The then the film from 2009. And it's done by Henry Selleck, who's the same director of A Night Before Christmas. Our next week's episode will be Batman the Anime Series, which will be I Am the Night, Off Balance, The Man Who Killed Batman and Mudslide, and our two for one will be changing to Dark Families. We'll be covering two Dark Family films, one being Puff and Stuff from 1970 and The Neverending Story from 1984. Our anthology, our two for ones, has now changed from Eminem to Anthology, which will be hosted by Joe Rendazzo. And our first anthology um, two films will be Fantasia from 1940 and Fantasia from 1999, Fantasia 2000. And, of course, Doctor Who will continue, and we'll be doing The Web Planet, then The Crusades, both from 1965, and the film Doctor Who and the Daleks from 1965, starring Peter Cushing. And Make Remake will be turning to quarterly, and this and starting off that quarter will be Beauty and the Beast from 1991, and the remake from 2017. So it's good night for myself, and good night, Leandro. Good night, everyone. Good night, Davide. Good night, everyone. Good night, Vicky. Good night, everybody. And we'll see you next week for Batman and our next book to screen, Coraline. What makes someone special? I suppose it all depends. It's what's unique in each of us that we all share as friends. The difference is our differences may be small or great. Variety adds spice to life, so we should celebrate in harmony, harmony. You're you, I'm me, together we can live in harmony. If there was only one note, how boring life would be. I'm glad there are so many notes in any different keys. I hear each singing with a special quality and when we sing together we bring music to the
the girl.